With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OFP Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith. And all those titles will be especially important tonight. Uh, but I am all that over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. With me tonight, there is no Jew. There is no Brad. There is no, uh, you know, random person that I messaged, except for there kind of is. Uh, but tonight, we got Pat Sullivan, uh, one of the editors here at One Foot Down, joining us. And, hey, Bobby Norell's back, y'all. He's back on the site. Um and uh, looking to do some work. So, fellas, how you guys doing tonight? I'm doing well. How about you? Well, if anyone has seen my tweets, you guys know I'm dealing with a, a very strong-willed and weird child. Uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we can get weirder as this uh, podcast goes on. So we're, we're well into fall camp. Things are getting going. And you're starting to see the Notre Dame podcast pop up and everyone's talking about the schedule. And if, if you've been a listener of the OFD podcast over the last few months, you know we have gone over the schedule a number of times. Um, so I, I don't think I need another night of me losing my mind and trashing Michigan. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, there's, there's never a bad time for that. I mean, let's yeah, yeah. see. Yeah. We, we can we always can, do that. Come on. Yeah, we, we can still do that if you want. You know what? I believe maybe we should just save all Michigan trash talk for like the last part of the show. That's how we'll close. <laughs> we'll just trash the hell out of them. That'll be, it'll be in the good spirit of the, of what we're going to do tonight. So <laughs> I, mean, we're, we're, I mean, anytime's a good time, right? I mean, it's yeah. like a Tic Tac, right? Yeah. It so, works for me. <laughs> so, but the, you know, there's been a ton of news uh, concerning Notre Dame, Notre Dame football, just, some of it's big, some of it's small. And then, uh, you know, and some of it is kind of has nothing to do with what's really happening on the field, but uh, that is also one of my fetishes. So <laughs> let's get into uh, fishnet, I mean, mesh uh, fetish. And uh, let's talk about those, these Notre Dame uniforms. Pat, let me, let me start off with you. What the hell? You mean, uh, you mean, you mean the picture that is just the same exact uniform they always wear or <laughs> pretty much it's, I, it's mean, honest- I mean, pants, pants, people got to be happy though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good pants. Good pants. Are you a pants person? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mean, I personally, I like the mustard, whatever the hell 
Pantone you want to ca- call the pants we have now. I actually like that look. Uh, but there is a l- very loud majority that that wants the shiny gold. Uh, are, you, are you a shiny gold guy? Uh, I think I, I probably am a little more shiny gold guy than, than mustard. I don't mind the mustard, to be honest, but I do like these pants. I think these are my preferred pants. So uh, A plus on the pants, Under Armour. But uh, uh, the jersey looks exactly the same. I don't know what, what exactly they were going for, unless that was what they were going for. Was it the same, but with a little mesh look, maybe? I don't know. Now, I, I mentioned this a few times, but uh, Adidas in Nebraska did the same thing a couple years ago. And I remember thinking when they did that, I'm like, oh, that's kind of dope, you know, because, I mean, it was it was the honor of the 97 Nebraska team. And I just thought, you know, okay, that's a nice little touch. I mean, Adidas didn't fuck something up. So that was nice. Um, (laughs) You know, it's a nice little touch. But I guess what kind of what I found comical, the whole thing about Notre Dame doing these uniforms, the funnier part was that people kind of actually believe that there was they were actually going to use mesh. Instead of the performance, instead of the 25, 30 years of <laughs> technology and science that's gone into the performance fabrics of uniforms. Bobby, did you find that strange that people actually thought that it was going to be or that it should actually be mesh? Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of strange, but um, I'm kind of when I saw the uniform, I when I first thought I, I, I saw I thought that they should have just gone the whole way and done the mesh because uh, I think just like <laughs> the the f- the faux mesh kind of looks weird. Like when I first saw the numbers, it kind of looks like uh, like the Seattle Seahawks, like their home uniforms, like they're they have that weird like uh, pattern in their numbers. So I thought I right. thought the it looks kind of weird. Um, it, but Pat, Pat's right; it's the exact same uniform aside the numbers and the pants. Um, I do like the black cleats though, so um, that's a nice the, touch. The black cleats are probably the, I, to me are the nicest touch. What what I find strange is. If they were going to do this throwback look, why in the hell do they? Why did they not change up the freaking number font? Like yeah. the eighty-eight, the eighty-eight was, was a much fatter number. Like, like yeah. a, it was a wider span. These are, and these are much narrower. I mean, Jude, Jude had said it a few times. He just said, "This is a pretty freaking lazy attempt at all of this, right?" Like the, the, this just seemed like like kind of half cocked, thrown together in the middle of the night with, you know, with a 12 pack of hams. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I mean, they could have done so many other, if they really wanted to do a throwback, they could have picked someone, so many other eras that were a little bit different than the current uniform. Oh, for sure. Now I'm a little bit older than you fellas. Yeah. And so I actually played with a mesh jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> and know what the jerseys are like now. And I, I still don't get why anyone would think that you would go back to an actual mesh jersey for any game. I don't give a shit if they were playing Hicksville High School. Uh, <laughs> performance gear, please. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, Bobby, and I had made a very vocal um, stance about what I thought they would do uh, earlier in the summer. And then uh, and then the state you know, stayed my ground, found my hill, put my plan on my flag, um, you know, about it all. And I just, I could see, I couldn't see a reason why they did not do the whole Leahy thing. You did the whole Rockney thing. Look, Frank Leahy gets, I don't want to say he gets zero credit, but, I, but when it comes to the Notre Dame fans, like he's like the last coach 
that people like bring up. You'll bring up Rockney, you'll bring up Holtz. I mean, I swear to God, people bring up Divine more than bring up Leahy. It, I, to mm-hmm. me, that bothers the shit out of me. Uh, but I mean, it's not like I personally knew Frank, you know, or like that. But <laughs> but I am a you know consider myself a an, an amateur historian. <laughs> it just everything that Frank brought to the program and, and what Notre Dame is today has so much to do with what Frank did, you know, during his time there. And I just thought this was the perfect time. Boston College, he coached there. I mean, the, all it was so fucking obvious. Of course, they didn't do it. You know what I mean? It was like the most obvious thing you could do. So of course you wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I'm looking for some validation, fellas. If you guys want to say, Josh, you know, I feel you. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, it seems like Leahy's never brought up this as much as Parsegian or not Rockney or Holtz or any of those guys. Um, but as, as for the actual Jersey, from what I do know that, uh, Notre Dame doesn't have much say like in the design, it's mostly just under armor. So, um, maybe if Notre Dame had, uh, more say in it, maybe there would be more, uh, of a tribute to, Leahy, but um, yeah, I mean, that I sounds agree. like some misinformation for you know making up for last year's bullshit pinstripe uniforms. Like, oh, that really ain't our fault. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Under Armour's category. Yeah, I mean that that's where I got it from last year. It was like Notre Dame didn't like that was more Under Armour's doing than Notre Dame's actually. Um, but I mean, if, if I mean it's Notre Dame's uniforms, I mean you think they should have a little bit of say, but um, that's just what this is the information that I have heard. But um, yeah, it just and on a personal note, I'm and I I've I've been blasted for this uh for this idea before, but you know I don't fucking care. I, I'm sick and tired of talking about the 1988 team. You know I'm <laughs> sorry if that pisses anybody off. Look, they were great. They were one of the greatest teams, you know, in Notre Dame history. I get it. I was 10 years old. I get it. And all praise is due to them, right? But it's just like it's the constant lean on, constant lean on. And, you know, not just 88, but the whole Holtz era. That's the constant lean on that. And I, I think it blinds people to – I mean, obviously we haven't had a bunch of great things to, you know, to celebrate. But we've had some good – you know, you know, of end, end of uh, season results aside, 2012 was a great season, to, you know, to be a fan. It was a fun season. Last year was a fun season. 2017, I mean, there's – uh, there's been a lot of good. I'm not, and I just think that the constant pushback from from the you know, and I'm 41 for God's sakes, which I can say now. It used to be for the whole time I've been on this podcast, it's been like since we started. Hey, I'm 40. Hey, I'm not 40 anymore. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> the, congratulations. The, the, the con, the con, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm still alive. You, you can't use the whole Mike Gundy uh, sound clip I, I can't, man. I'm I'm older than Mike <laughs> Gundy. <laughs> uh, back then, so, <laughs> just the the constant bringing up of that t- of, of that team, it, it's just bothersome to me. And it's look, it's not even like it was last year when they could have done it and say thirty year anniversary and got away. It's thirty one years now, <laughs> so it's like yeah, it, it just it all feels out of place. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you, but probably for a different reason. Um, the 88 team just gets brought up the most because that's the last team to do it. And right. just every, and so, and so that's what makes me mad is that it's been that long. So, <laughs> um, so, I mean, hopefully so a team in the next couple of years can do it. And then we, the 88 team kind of just goes back into history. I mean, but uh, I mean, it's not like the 88 team hasn't had their day in the sun 
a oh, I know. times over on a Notre Dame Saturday. I mean, I know. <laughs> I, but, I mean, but the Holtz, the Holtz era in general, like, right. That's the, that's the last time that Notre Dame was great for a long period of time. So everyone's going to harp, harp back on those days. And cause that's, I mean, the last time they were great for extended periods. So, um, I, I, that, I think that's why they, that area gets brought up the most and, um, hopefully that will change in the next couple of years. Didn't it just seem off to you? Like 150 years is what we're celebrating, right? And oh, so, we yeah, go, I mean, so we go back 31 for one of the most storied programs. Pat, I, I know you got an opinion on this. Like if you were reaching <laughs> back 150 years in Notre Dame football history, I mean, isn't there something else that would stand out? I mean, would you, I mean, would it just be the 88 team or would you think that there would be something else you could pull up uh, out of the archives? I'm, I'm completely with you on this. Uh, as we were talking, I started Googling pictures of Frank Leahy's teams from like the fifties and whatnot. They got these shitty t-shirt jerseys with long sleeves. They've got helmets with no face masks. I want us to go completely back to those. I want our team <laughs> to rock out there. No face mask. Just like, let's do this. Let's kick ass. Well, you so, know, and part, part of the Notre Dame problem is, is that, and it, this is, I'm going to have to state this correctly here. Notre Dame is a traditional school, right? Like traditional look. And that's my point is everything that they do. People think is tradition because it has a traditional look and feel to it. But what most people are basing their shit off of, and which is absurd is just what happened in the Holtz era or what it looked like in the Holtz era. Like when they say blue, you know, like Navy blue is, is our traditional uniforms. Well, Yes and no, kind of not really. Go back to Frank Lay, who won a lot of national championships. And every season but one, they were in green. You know? Clashmore Mike. Frank Lay here. I mean, I mean, Pat, you, you are the definitive author, I believe, now on Clashmore Mike. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you have liked to have seen a senior day? with some Frank Leahy era throwback look uniforms and someone trotting out Clashmore Mike. I mean, wouldn't that bring a tear to your fucking eye in that stadium? <laughs> oh yeah. I'd be, I'd be hooting and hollering. I'd probably try to get on the field to, to see Clashmore Mike. Oh, that, I'd lose my press credentials, dude. Cause I would, there's yeah. no way in hell I'd stay off the field before that five minutes. I mean, yeah. nope, I'm down I, there. I, I got to try to pet clash more Mike. Like that's number one on my list. I got to get there. So <laughs> yeah, I'm all cool. in. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bunch of dog groupies. Going to have to get, going to have to get the uh, folk clash more Mike, his own Instagram account or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, we're talking an awful lot about something that almost, not almost something that really doesn't matter. But at the same time, it just speaks to what kind of a clusterfuck it's felt like, you know, just going back to what happened yesterday or last year with the with the pinstripe uniforms. It's just it's just a weird thing, you know, calling a green out versus Michigan and then being cowards and not wearing the green, <laughs> you know, and then, but then wearing them on scene. I mean, seriously, dude, if you're going to do a green out, go full. I mean, just do it. Yeah. No, I mean, why hold back? Why? There, there's nothing that's going to make, that's going to make you, the, the green jersey is not going to cause Notre Dame to lose against Michigan, especially that night. They would kick the shit out of Michigan. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it just, 
I know Notre Dame's just easing on into this stuff. I mean, that's the, last year was the first time they actually called for a green out. Um, you know, where it was a like university backed. I mean, I think they did like white terrible towels for USC in 2011 when we got our asses kicked. Um, but uh, <laughs> which was awful. That was, that was a fun game. Good time. Yeah, that was a great. That was that, that fumble was the at the one yard line. Yeah, that was the last time Wes Dang. and I came live together. Uh, in fact, we oh, we were gonna go see, sit separately from each other, figuring we were just we we're bad juice. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I remember them handing out the towels. I, there might have been a game. I think maybe even in 07 where they handed out pom poms. Um, uh, they did, they did which during Weiss. They had, green, they had green towels during Weiss one one year. They had green pom poms for Notre Dame's game against Michigan State. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that was Whoops. 2007. <laughs> I want to say. So if that tells you anything about what's going on, what's going on, they're just kind of easing on into this stuff. Um, maybe it, by 2024, maybe we're a little more adjusted to the norm. I don't know. I, it, yeah. It is, as everyone will say, you know, when they're, when they're finished talking about it, it is what it is, but it shouldn't be. So, <laughs> so, all right. So let, let, let's dive into what, I mean, what are you guys looking for this season? I, I have you guys on the show. Uh, Pat's at a wedding every other night in the summertime. I don't even know how they do weddings on Wednesday nights, but they do them. Uh, <laughs> Bobby's like trapped down in Georgia, uh, you know, instead of the SOS call to get, to get back to OFD. So, so, you know, well, let's bring up, let's bring up a little bit of the stuff about the season. So um, Pat, let me ask you, what are you looking forward to in this season? As far as like, uh, you know, is there a certain expectation? Is there, is there a certain game that you're, I mean, that you're looking forward to a certain result possibly looming? Do you have a, a weird and wild prediction. Hmm. Weird and wild prediction. I'll have to get back to you. I mean, Georgia is the game I'm most excited about for sure. Uh, Why? Seeing us because of the the giantness of it all. The, the yeah, S- it's it's SEC. it's it's huge. It's in Athens. You know, that's they're number three in the country or whatever in the coaches poll. Like. That's just like that is the game this season that I'm so that that's what when we'll find out how good how, Notre Dame really is. Like, how much do you think the Twitter shit from uh, from the playoffs uh, that Georgia was throwing out is going to uh, is going to be mentioned that week? Yeah, I mean, it'll be mentioned. Pretty, that was a pretty big. I, mean, I want to say pretty big story, but I mean it was widely talked, discussed, and talked about when Georgia was just trashing Notre Dame leading up to the playoff. And then, you know, during that, during that game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I I I think because Clemson was able to destroy Alabama too. And then like this year we heard one Clemson player say Notre Dame was the best team they played. Like uh, it it was whatever. That that guy teaches the cliff notes that Notre Dame wasn't a full member uh, in the ACC. (laughs) No, I'll, I'll give that that guy was what listen. I can't remember his name, but he was he was a lineman for for Clemson. Mm-hmm. But listen, whoever is looking to hire somebody, that, that's your guy. That's your company guy right there. He's gonna <laughs> throw, he's gonna throw the line for you. Uh, go up there and say what you need. What needs to be said. Um, but yeah, and then like I mean Georgia, 
got pretty embarrassed themselves losing to Texas in their bowl game. And, you know, they're and physically manhandled in that game, too. I mean, yeah, like, like, by Texas. Yeah, by Texas. Of, like, I'm sorry, Texas is good, but they're not that They're not good. a physical football team. I mean, it just, no. they never come across as a, as a bunch of tough guys. I mean, Texas always comes off as more, uh, uh, hell, I don't know. They, they, and I won't say soft, but, you know, they've always come off as more entitled than even Notre Dame over the last couple decades or last decade yeah. or so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. So that, to me, that was like, that kind of shut up some of their, their trash talking, I guess. But at the same time, Georgia is just, you know, it's a huge game. They're a huge team. Like their offensive line is massive and our defensive tackles who know that they're going to show up. But uh, I think that'll just show us a lot about how good Notre Dame is going to be this year. I mean, how, how well is book going to be able to move the ball against Georgia? Cause we saw Wimbush against Georgia and the ball didn't get moved. So hopefully we'll, we'll see a little bit better offense, but um, that's what I'm most excited for in terms of like games. And then, I'm just I'm pumped to watch like Julian Aquara. I think he's just going to have an unbelievable season. I'm so pumped to watch him play. Bobby, are you got you got anything to add on that end? On Aquara or all any oh, hell anything? Um, well, I'm most excited for the Georgia game mostly because I'll be there. Um, but uh, it should be a wild weekend in Athens. Um, and it'll be even better if Notre Dame finds a way to win. And um, just about that game, I think, I mean, right now, I think I saw the spread at nine and a half or something like that. And so it's dropped because I, th- I thought it was like an 11 and a half. Yeah. Uh, it's I th- weeks it, ago. Yeah. It started out at like 11 or 10 and then I saw nine and a half. So like, that's a huge spread for a top 10, for a top 10 matchup, I think. And I feel like for once, one time Notre Dame finally will get to play that like underdog role. Cause most of the time, I mean, they're not the underdog and they'll be, they'll be able to use that underdog role. And then on top of that, I mean, everything that Georgia was throwing out there during the playoffs last year, basically saying Notre Dame wasn't worthy. Notre Dame will have definitely have a bunch of bullets and uh, board material for that game. And um, I think if, if I was a betting man, I'd probably, uh, pick Notre Dame to cover that nine and a half. Um, I just think George is not Alabama and George is not Clemson. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see Notre Dame getting their asses handed to them. I mean, but who knows? I mean, they were, they got their asses handed to Miami two years ago. So, um, right. No, I mean, on the road, it definitely can happen. I mean, it can happen in a flash, but but I've been as guilty as anybody of, of picking as many holes as I can in Georgia and and I I found you know found a number of them and then I had uh, Mike Felder on from uh, from Watch Stadium uh, covers a lot of nat- national college football stuff been around a long time and he was not as high uh, on Georgia as everybody else either for a lot of the same reasons that I was bringing up I'm like look this Georgia defense is not the 2017 Georgia defense. So I mean, yeah, and uh, so I mean, so that's a bonus, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, lo- I mean, they're also, I mean, Fromm's losing some like his top five. three or four receivers. He's five, oh, five, yeah, you're losing your tight end. I mean, you do have that uh, Andrew Thomas, who's a great offensive lineman, would probably be a first round pick. 
Oh, DeAndre um, Swift's on there. I mean, the, yeah, they are, so they did. I mean, is not saying that this team is not yeah. a top five team. So yeah, what, Georgia. I th- Georgia's getting Georgia's getting to the point where they they just reload. I mean, they they um, so they definitely have the the skilled players on offense, but um, I def, I just think that. Notre Dame. Oh, everybody is talking Georgia up, and I feel like that will play in Notre Dame's favor in that game. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that game and other things looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing Ian Book because uh, I just thought he was fantastic last year. And traditionally under Kelly, uh, or at least with Kaiser going into year two, they he wasn't as good as year one. So hopefully that's not the case with Book, and I don't think it will be because I think he's just a different type of guy. Um, so Definitely that. And then um, I'm, I'm pretty high on Jafar Armstrong, too. I think he might have a huge year. I really liked what I saw from him last year. Okay. Let me, let me ask you guys this. We most excited. And I think I'm with you, uh, I think, on Georgia. But in a way, I'm going to – I won't say one-up you, but I'm going to – this is a side quest, right? So I'm going to do a side quest off the side quest. And <laughs> I – I'm really excited about beating the shit out of USC for the third year in a row. I mean, I don't know if if, if fans have really – maybe they've just gotten over the Pete Carroll era uh, because USC has been just so, you know, weird <laughs> since then. <laughs> but uh, I'm still not over the Pete Carroll era. Uh, and I, I want to stop them. I, I want Notre Dame to – I wanted him to do it last year in LA, uh, but I believe mileage uh, <laughs> finally wore, you know, wore them down enough. I mean, they look sluggish as shit out there. Um, but you know, I just I I want a repeat of 2017 inside in you know inside our house. I just I think they can absolutely do it. USC's got a pretty brutal schedule leading up to that as it is, and I I just want to I'm going to bury him. I mean, the the picture of you know, the students walk around with the casket of Barry SC. That's I, I want that to be my lead image after we beat the shit out of him. I, does, does that move the needle for, for you at all, Pat? Oh, I mean, it definitely does. The, the Pete Carroll era, I, I don't like to think about it or talk about it because it was so horrible. <laughs> but Because um, yeah, it was so no, brutal, I mean, right? I mean, it was just like one beat down after another. after And your, your best moment of the Pete – I mean – Bob Davey did beat Pete Carroll. Okay, so so that I guess we we got him on we got him there. But you know, basically, your best moment of the of the heart of the part of that era was is still a loss. I mean, so yeah, yeah. I I would say I would say I'm excited also for that. For me, it's a little less so just because 2017 was so perfect in how much we destroyed them, decimated them, ruined their lives that night that. To, to me, like at this point, let's just do it again. I'm like, it's almost business as usual until Clay, Hel- Clay Helton's not their coach. Like, we're just going to keep kicking their ass. So, like, uh, I'm excited for that. But for me, that's, I'm, I'm a little over it just because I'm trying not to think about the Pete Carroll era in 2017 was so satisfying. Bobby, do you feel like we, that we're just all like dismissing, not, not dismissing, but like, is everyone taking USC game for granted this year? Like that's usually a game everyone has circled and you're going to talk about it. And regardless of what's going on with them, like no one is talking about USC at all. As far as Notre Dame fans are concerned, it's just, 
it's strange yeah. to me when we have this weird rivalry complex, you know, that, you know, you got to be careful about what team you call a rival and all that. So the one that everyone agrees upon that is an actual rival is a team that you are just not talking about. No one is, I mean, it's not in the, the, the top three games that I mean, so I, I don't think anyone considers this in the fourth. I mean, if you, if you look, if you're looking at the schedule, everyone's talking about Georgia, Michigan, Stanford. And then after that, everyone's talking about Virginia and Virginia tech. So, I mean, is SC really the sixth, you know, in a lot of ways, the sixth biggest game on the schedule? Um, I mean, on right now, probably. Yeah. But maybe on October 12th, that's different. Cause I mean, who knows what you're getting out of USC this year. I mean, they're coming off of five and seven year. Didn't make a bowl. So we're going to have a green out for, <laughs> for a team yeah. that's the sixth. Uh, top yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that could all, I mean, that could all change. Right, I mean, right. if, if they're five and one going into that game and ranked, I mean, it's a whole different feeling, but um, yeah, I think some people are taking that game for granted. I mean, when you have a schedule that has a road game to Georgia at Michigan and at Stanford, um, those are people and those teams had good years last year. I mean, people are going to mark those first before a five and seven USC team. So, um, but I mean, it still is USC and they still have USC talent and it's still a rivalry game. So see, I think that's the difference. To, that was the difference with Pete Carroll though. Even when Notre Dame was shit, Pete Carroll had Notre Dame circled every single year. Yeah. Every, I mean, nobody got up for their, I mean, before urban Meyer became the, the, the rival killer that he was, it was Pete Carroll where like, look, he understood as well as anybody that to keep your program strong, you beat down your rival. You never take them for granted. Now this isn't to say that Notre Dame, the football program and Brian Kelly aren't taking SC as seriously as the fans. But in that same sense, it, it you know, the USC fandom, how fa- however fair weather they were, they're, they're or they are they're <laughs> around that time that you know they're they're following the orders of the general of general carroll there they were all hyped up for notre dame regardless i i just i just feel that that we're lacking in that respect yeah i mean i i still think there's still a pretty big uh part of notre dame fans that hate usc and will have this as their number one game of the year um um so I still think it's it's a still a big game and people are going to take it seriously. Um, it's just I think it's more USC sucking last year, and you have those three big names on your schedule that are r- the road to the playoff essentially. So um, I don't think it's not that people don't care about USC. I just think it's those other factors that I just mentioned. Okay, so let's get real serious here. <laughs> Rivalry trophies, <laughs> Pat. I mean, we're talking about SC, and one of the things I love about well, one of the things I love about college football, love about rivalries itself, are the absolutely stupid and weird named and useless and benign. I mean, I like all that shit. I love a good rivalry trophy, however terrible it is. Even the civil conflict trophy between <laughs> UCF and Connecticut I, was great in a way because. I I don't know because it was so terrible, right? Like the, one of the one of the 
Oh, was it Nebraska, Iowa when they had the, um, like the, the corn giver trophy? Um, <laughs> uh, what, or, or maybe when they changed the, the, the Cyhawk trophy, maybe that was the one, but one of them had like a, a, a child handing corn to a farmer. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucking out there, right? <laughs> but you know, Notre Dame's got a lot of rivalry trophies. Pat, is, do you have any, you got any strong or, or lukewarm feelings about any Notre Dame's rivalry trophies and, and anything about that at all? Oh, I mean, I've never been super into them, but at the same time, I really appreciate the ridiculousness of it all, like you were talking about. Um, so first of all, the civil conflict, just to go off topic here, is unbelievable. And Bob Diaco is a god. <laughs> I love him to death. So <laughs> big game Bob forever. I love you. Thank you for bringing us that ridiculous rivalry. Um, but I mean, for me, the jeweled shillelagh is awesome just because of what it represents with Notre Dame and USC and you know how that's that rivalry was pretty instrumental in making Notre Dame a national team. So that like that one's really cool. And then just like the megaphone after seeing Notre Dame win it in 17 and Brian Kelly dance and then (laughs) raise this trophy over his head and then just go, Oh, but berserker mode, like straight berserker. But then he just said, that's a megaphone. That's all he said. It was the stupidest thing, but it was so funny. I love that one. So I'm a big megaphone guy for sure. Um, but I mean, the other ones, they're fine, but most of them, it, to me, it's whatever. It's like, oh, great. We have all the trophies. And that's good because that means we're beating all of our rivals. But those are the two, I think, for Notre Dame that I really enjoy just based on what I've seen. Bobby? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have many feelings on at least Notre Dame's uh, rivalry trophies. I mean, the megaphone's cool, especially after 17 and what Kelly did, but... Um, the one rivalry trophy I like, I think it's Iowa and Minnesota, uh, Floyd or Rosedale. It's just a pig. Oh, bring that, bring that big pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that, that's the one that I enjoy the most probably. Um, but Notre Dame's trophies. I, I feel like they're they're Those games are more about the teams themselves and the actual trophy, in my opinion. So they just, the, the trophies don't mean that much to me. I just care more about kicking the other team's ass. So. Well, I'm glad you brought up Minnesota because not only do they have the pig, but they got one of the other better rivalry trophies in college football, and that's that big fucking axe. Oh, yeah, uh, with, with Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You know, oh, yeah. and one of the you know, one of the Im- college, images of college football that has just burned into my brain is one of the games they played, Wisconsin kicker kicks the game winning yeah. field goal and goes and they run. run it. Yeah. Running over to all, I mean, it was the defensive line that was standing over there next to that table, that axe. And that yeah. kicker ran over there like he didn't give a <laughs> what and grabbed that axe to go back. I mean, I, so seeing all that and seeing how cool that, do you think that, do you guys think that it would, there'd be a lot of different feel with Notre Dame and their trophies if they actually brought them onto the field? I mean, th- that's the one thing. I mean, yes. I think they got some great trophies They and they got some great stories behind them. Uh, I mean, why not bring him? I mean, why? And I asked this question to to Brian Harden when he was the SID um, at Notre Dame, uh, uh, however many years ago it was, and he was just like, "There's too many. There's too many of them." I'm like, "Okay, I agree, but why Wait, can't what? you? Why can't you bring out the jeweled shillelagh?" And basically, Notre Dame's stance was, since there's so many of them, they weren't going to like diss another school by by highlighting one or the other. Which is bullshit. Why would you not highlight, you know, like the megaphone or the jeweled shillelagh? Michigan State and USC, 
I mean, who gives a fuck what Boston College thinks if you don't bring the Frank Leahy bowl, you know, glass bowl out to the field? Yeah, I, I have a couple comments on this really quick. Please. First and foremost, I don't really understand that there's too many of them thing. They're not bringing them all out at once, right? Like we're talking about one per week. Right. Like, like why does that matter how many there are? You bring one down to the field and you, it's there. Secondly, I really want to see Elohi Gilman sprinting around the field, swinging the jeweled shillelagh. That sounds amazing. Hell and- yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm glad you brought that up. Because one of the cooler things that we did on I, I, that I felt that we did on the site last year was Jude finding I, literally this trophy was lost to history. Uh, Notre Dame, the Shillelagh Trophy, another Shillelagh <clears throat> between Notre Dame and Northwestern. If you Googled any of it leading up to before Jude found it, or kind of found it, I mean, <laughs> uh, all all trails led to a dead end. Uh, so, you know, he found it within like 12 hours of publishing that story of, you know, finding out what kind of happened to it. The owner stepped forward and we put it out there, you know, and I, I was up in the press box, you know, putting this out to, to other reporters, <laughs> to Michael Burt, anyone that will listen, like we found this thing that everyone said was lost. You know, they found it in a dumpster. It was at a, you know, it was, it was at an auction. This guy has it. He's willing to sell it back to the schools. And uh, I can't remember what the price was, uh, but I basically what he paid for it is what he was asking for, for from the schools because he wanted to put it back. You know, he wanted to give the history back, right? But he wasn't going to get shorted, I think, like maybe 13 grand or whatever. But I mean, what Northwestern basically stated they didn't have like the budget <laughs> to purchase this thing. <laughs> and, and by all rights, it was Northwestern's to own, you know, they, they had beat Notre Dame the last time they had played. So I, you know, I wondered if I don't wonder, I know Notre Dame wouldn't have bought it because everyone's just kind of like pretending that things don't exist. Right. When it, when it disappears, I just think there was a huge missed opportunity at some fun, you know, with this thing. And I, maybe Notre Dame's kicking themselves now. Maybe they should have bought the damn thing. They beat them. And then they had this other, but that's a big shillelagh. I mean, can you imagine Lohi Gilman carrying around that? That's, that is a long shillelagh. That's almost that's like a, almost like a walking stick. Uh, that'll do some damage. I mean, I know the jewel crusted jeweled shillelagh would probably, you know, that, that that's going to leave some cuts. You're going to need a cut man in the corner. <laughs> oh. But I mean, it just seems like such badness that they would just just dismiss all of this. And yet, you have some. You have this lame ass. Uh, it's not even a rival. Whatever trophy they have with Navy where they each have a piece. And when they play that week, they bring the Horrible. trophies together. I mean, if you're going to like celebrate something like that, why the hell do you not just bring the damn megaphone out of the field? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, so have, that, I, have that, one, I, okay. I have one comment about this. Like, it seems like all the, all the trophy games, it's mostly like the ones you think about are all like big 10 schools and like, you don't really think of like the SEC or the. Well, big- I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm pretty into it. I was all, like the wagon wheel between Kansas, and Missouri. I mean, there's there's quite a but, few. I mean, you got you got the uh, you know the victory bells out there in L.A. You got the axe between Cal and Stanford. I mean, there, there's a lot of good ones outside of the Midwest. But I mean, you, I'll, I'll let you finish here. Your sentiment is correct. Where there is a large concentration of those within the Midwest Big Ten era. Yeah. So. I, I think 
I mean, that it, it, it just it, it's never it's never been like that for Notre Dame to just like have the trophies on the field. I mean, it maybe maybe it is a missed opportunity, but um, yeah, I mean, that was just my thought about that. It seems like it's mostly just Big Ten schools that have that where they're going running to get the bucket or they're going to get the old brass platoon or some shit like that. So, um, yeah, that was my thought about that. Oh, don't make fun of the old brass platoon, buddy. And, uh, that was the I, first I'm not. That was the first college football game I ever went to in my life. Was I'm down, sure. in, down in Bloomington. I'm sure, Michigan State won. Oh, they did. They they pounded <laughs> uh, IU. That I, I want to say that was in maybe they did. Is it ninety one? Maybe. Uh, Indiana uh, was good back. Indiana was decent. Yeah, back yeah. Then. Indiana had a, I mean, Bill IU Mallory. Won. Yeah, Bill Mallory was a was a good program, uh, or had a good program going. But I think I think they might have topped out around. In that 87 to 90, 91 era, you know, yeah. like Anthony Thompson down there and, and, you know, and all that. Look at me rattling off Hoosier football history here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, but no, that, I have a special place on my heart for that trophy. I had seen that trophy live and in person and asked my, uh, my step grandfather, who's an IU alum, you know, you know, what is that? And then he explained it to me. And that was really what started it all with me with rivalry trophies was the, was the old brass platoon. Um, so, you know, all praises be to you, <laughs> brass platoon. Uh, maybe, maybe it shouldn't have been cause I, I still chew tobacco. Maybe I should. <laughs> Is there, you know, while we're on the topic of college football, because college football of like the wacky shit around it. Is there anything to you guys that stick out that, um, that, Outside of Notre Dame itself, just in this in college football here in 2019, just some wacky shit. That's what are you guys ready for this year? I mean, something's, and that's the thing. We can have a prediction about something, but you never see it coming, right? That's what makes college football so great. Is just some of, some of the wild stuff, like Appalachian State upset in Michigan. Uh, you know, just kind of awesome stuff like that. You know, Michigan just you know never winning the Big Ten. Uh, anything that has to do with Michigan being losers, you know, was awesome. But is there anything that, uh, this year you, you, you kind of have a sneaky suspicion about that you, you know, I don't know, maybe you're looking at seeing that you're going to, you're going to keep an extra eye on like maybe a pack 10, uh, throw down <laughs> or pack 12. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to see, uh, like if, if Michigan can't get it done this year, like is there ever going to be any heat on Harbaugh? Like, or is he just going to get a, a free pass? Cause he's a Michigan man. Well, apparently uh, they're, they were co big 10 champions last year. So yeah, I was listening to, a, I was listening he's to a, doing a good job. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast where they're interviewing him and he said they were co big 10 champions. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. Like, can he, can he beat, Michigan, Notre Dame, or Michigan State, Notre Dame, or Ohio State. It, he's only beaten one of those teams. He's beaten Michigan State twice, and both times he beat them. Michigan State was three and nine one year, and then last year Michigan State was six and whatever, six and six. So um, I, I just, I'm interested to see if he if there's any heat on him at all if he just can't get it done. I mean, is there is there anybody that I mean? Are we looking at just a, a straight lock too with with Clemson and Alabama uh, for the playoffs? I mean, it, 
I don't I, know. I, 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 I think I know. I think I know everybody's answers. If I was, if I would ask the question, are we ready for like a, a big wrench getting thrown into the mix there? You know, where maybe only one of them get in, or somehow neither of them get in. You know, not not. I don't think that. I like to see the odds on that because it's got to be terrible. Uh, are you talking about just making the playoffs or the yeah, championship in general or yeah, the final playoffs? You know, whatever you know, just just some I, wild. I'm ready for some. I, uh, ready for some different storylines. Yeah, I mean, I think Clemson's probably a, a pretty good lock to make the playoffs. Um, I don't see anyone in the ACC challenging them. Um, Alabama's a little bit different because I mean, there's a little more competition in the SEC and a little more or a little less margin for error. So, and I think Trevor Lawrence is just going to be an animal. So I think Clemson's a, a pretty good bet to make the playoffs and maybe make the final again. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're, I'm going to stay on the Clemson tip, uh, but we're going to take a quick break real sec and uh, pay some bills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we are back, and we are talking about Clemson on a Notre Dame football podcast. Pat Sullivan, let me ask you, because I, I, I am just curious. Like, look, and you all should be curious, too. Pat has written two of the most thought-provoking articles uh, of the summer season uh, with the investigative reports into the Leprechaun versus Clashmore Mike, and then today's opus about uh, Tyler Cruz's Dynamite being played for the last decade uh, by the Notre Dame band. Uh, if you haven't read those pieces, get your asses to the site and read that. It's it's they're unbelievable. But Dabo Sweeney, how much of a, f- of a free pass is Dabo getting from the media? I, I had seen some stuff come up on social media the last couple of days about just some, just, just some random stuff about Dabo. And there's some, uh, there's was always some stuff, you know, like him talking about if they ever paid players, he's quitting college football and, and just kind of stuff like that. And then I don't really care about the Kelly Bryant situation, but it just seems like there's a, there's a lot not to like about Dabo, even though the media is selling every likable thing they can pick off of him. I mean, I'm, I'm in the camp that, I mean, I probably shouldn't, but I kind of like Dabo Sweeney. Like no, he's definitely, yeah, I'm he's a, that a little bit. He he's a guy that I would I would play for in a heartbeat. I mean, he just seems like just a, a regular guy. So, um, but I I I personally I don't think in my view there's nothing that you you can hate about the guy. I mean, it seems like he runs a pretty clean program outside of a few weird drug tests last December. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I 
I like Davos Sweeney. I think he he's a pretty. I, he's better. Than, I like him more than I like Nick Saban. Um, so um, Pat, he what seems you, like what you got there. Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm extremely I'm like aggressively pro Davo. So I'm I'm mostly on the side of Bobby. But I, I think the media at this point has built up the squeaky clean Christian boy image of Davo, and therefore the they're trying the not to. Is the yeah, I mean, like fall about to happen. Ooh, I mean, like, I don't know if it's going to be that bad, but I mean, like Dabo Sweeney, not, like offensive coordinator at Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an unbelievable coaching staff. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, as long as he's still winning and still for the most part saying the right things. Like, I, I mean, obviously I don't agree with him on certain things about paying players probably, but like, I mean, I think he's going to be fine and they're going to keep, writing about him and portraying him as this, you know, good boy coach. And I, honestly, I've mostly bought into it. I think he's so fun. He's hilarious. There's only one other coach in the country that I probably love more than him. And that's Dino Babbers at Syracuse. He's my favorite. I, I love that I know guy you love Dino. And I got into a lot. I got into some very heated arguments with uh, Syracuse fans last year. And, <laughs> and uh, John Casillo, the site manager at uh, at Troy News, is an absolute magician. I called Dino a coward for kicking that field goal. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I said it with a whole lot of jest and fun because we just got done beating the crap out of them. And, but at the same time, I mean, I meant it in a lot of ways, too, because, I mean, really, I mean, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing with that field goal? So I, mean, I, I have I, a I, that is the that is the only flaw that I have found of my of uh, that would be like the one notch on like this on a dislike column with, with Dino. So, so I'm with you a lot on that, on that route. Yeah. I mean, I, I was honestly very mad at Debo, Debo, Debo. Dino at the time for that. I was pretty mad at him at the time, but actually in retrospect now, I think it's hilarious. I actually love it. It's so petty to decide to kick that field goal at that point in that game. So that I'm actually I, used, I got roasted by oh. every Syracuse fan alive. Like they did like background checks on me and dug up like my <laughs> eighth grade, you know, science fucking grades to, like, <laughs> come at me about being petty by being petty themselves. I, <laughs> but that's exact. That's, that's what it, it felt like the pettiest thing that you could do in a football game where you just got completely worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I could see you flip the script on that. And that's Notre Dame. That's a whole different story. That's an entirely different oh, for story. For sure. For sure. And, for and sure. Notre Dame fans would not stick up for anybody calling Brian Kelly a coward for kicking out the either. Is the other thing. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Oh, speaking of which, hey, we got the BK Homeboy shirts out today. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> go support your go support me and uh, get a sweet T-shirt. Uh, so look, we're gonna we're gonna slowly work our way here to a finish line. But uh, I had I kind of teased that we were gonna talk about Michigan at the end here. So that was the quest is, is for us to talk shit about Michigan was the absolute quest, and everything else was was a side quest. And if you're wondering why I'm I keep mentioning these things because I don't know I have a problem. I keep. I will keep talk beating the same ridiculous title slash point to death 
in my head. So you guys got to deal with it too. But so it's it's a uh, it's uh, it's open mic night here at the uh, at the Firefly uh, Inn. Let's talk about Michigan. So I'm gonna uh, start with you, Bobby. Once you, I mean, I don't care how long you take. Lay lay out lay out Michigan. Lay say whatever you want. Feel however you want to feel. If you need to like rip your, uh, I mean, I I don't. If, I just, just if you I, need if you need a four locos <laughs> seltzer, by all means, find one. Hell I, yeah! Can you guys? <laughs> what the what the hell happened this summer? We went from you know ain't no laws with the claws and that seltzer to nat to natural light making their own seltzer. And now Four Locos is making a seltzer. I mean, all the just this has got a very 2007 college football feel to it. To me, <laughs> like very weird, very weird things leading up to the season. Just don't say that because 2007 is not good for us. I know, but it was good for somebody, it right? It doesn't it doesn't have to be bad for us again. It, it can be bad for somebody else, like like Michigan, like Michigan. Like Michigan. <laughs> um. So you just want me to go in on Michigan, my thoughts or yeah, yeah or, or what? So, seriously, like, like, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand the hype around Michigan this season. After you lose, you lose Rayshon Gary, you're losing Bush, you're losing uh, Winovich. You're basically, you're losing all your playmakers on defense. And then your offense has always been pedestrian with Jim Harbaugh. They're never going to put up 40 points, 50 points a game. And I just, I just don't understand the hype. Why, why are they ranked in the top 10? I mean, it just seems like, I mean, they get blown out of Ohio state. They get blown out against Florida. Notre Dame manhandled them for most of the game last year. And it just seems like they always get, get a free pass. Cause Jim Harbaugh is, is God. Like, uh, it just, it just irks me how, how much hype they're getting right now. And, um, you know, maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't think they will. My son was talking about Satan tonight. So, I mean, we we can go at it, Jim. <laughs> Row down, buddy. I'm a, I, I'm in the four one nine right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I just I don't understand. I just like it's confusing, right, Bobby? Like, yeah, you can't wrap and, your, and your all, beautiful all, hair all, around what all what the hype. Shea Patterson's getting like I I don't get why is Shea Patterson getting all the hype? Like, it's, he was a five star that that wore a a twenty. We're twenty while you played at Ole Miss. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you can pick up any any reason for someone just to throw Michigan a bone for. I mean, they, hell, they've been doing it for what now? Two decades. Yeah, I mean, for for all the for all the crap Notre Dame gets about being irrelevant and never winning big games and shit like that, it seems like Michigan they never get shit on for that. I mean, when's the last time Michigan won a big game? When's the last time they were competing for playoffs and championships? I mean, it, it's it's. It's just, it, it irks me. Pat, you ready to tee off on him, buddy? I don't have that much to say except for this. Michigan is going to lose Saturday, September 7th at 11 a.m. against Army at home. I'm calling it now. <laughs> yeah. Army is to, going to beat them. I saw today Army's preseason ranked. This is their yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doc is is leading them across the goal line. <laughs> hey, Army, Army! I, I have honestly no idea who they lost from last year, but they went 
Their defense eleven and two, for, just for starters. They but they went eleven and two. They took Oklahoma to overtime. They kicked the shit out of Houston in their bowl game. I Which think was an Army, awesome game to watch. I mean, that was yeah. I mean, the triple option when it's ran like that, like like when Georgia Tech, what Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson did to to Van Gorder and Louisville. That's just like <laughs> that's must see TV. That's a beat oh, yeah. down. It reminds you of like when when my you know when Miami used to run up the score. You weren't turning the game. You weren't turning the TV to a different channel uh, because you just, you just want to constantly watch that beatdown. Like it's, it was not boring if they just keep beating them up, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Ar- Arby did that against Houston. They're legit, man. I mean, you you tell me that a a defense that's replacing like ten of eleven starters will be able to stop an awesome triple option attack firing on all cylinders? No way. Army wins. Calling it now. now. That's the first game of the season, too, right? For Michigan? No. Second. They play Middle Tennessee first, which I thought about calling for Middle Tennessee, but decided against it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that's a, <laughs> the Blue Raiders. <laughs> the Blue Raiders. It's a tough one. <laughs> now, you know, if, if Army was actually their first game of the season, I, I, you know, I could see all of our predictions of an Army victory totally failing because you know you got a lot of extra time leading up to that game but man you stick a middle tennessee in before and before that <laughs> i mean and and, and, and we're, la- we're listen we're laughing about that but think of how good you really need to look in that first week and how good you're not going to be anyways you know the, there isn't a whole lot of time I'm, and i'm sure you know because notre dame does it you're, you're going to sneak some option um, defense, you know, in, in during fall camp and all, and all stuff, and but uh, it's gonna it's gonna be tough for them. It's just flat out gonna be tough for them. Yeah, I mean, they have their next game after this. It's Wisconsin at Wisconsin. I don't want to say they're gonna be looking ahead to September twenty first. I thought it was be. Be, or maybe they're looking ahead to September twenty eighth. Rutgers, <laughs> which is the only team Jim Harbaugh, uh, I, I feel like they actually can handle. Uh, or I've handled it in the Jim Harbaugh era has been Rutgers, but it's gotten worse every year, right? Like they beat Rutgers, Jim Harbaugh's first year, like 64, nothing. And then it was 56, nothing. And then it was, I mean, so it, Rutgers is catching up. <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're just about there. You know, you, you give them another is, decade, just another 10 years. And they'll they be there. So close. Is but Rutgers I, back? Is Rutgers back? <laughs> is Rutgers back? Rutgers back. <laughs> It is the 150th anniversary of college football, and they played in one of the first games. So there we go. Back. It's their year. <laughs> there is one thing I want to come back to. What you were asking us about what we're looking forward to this year, and I just thought about this. I'm looking forward to Brian Van Gorder coming back and Bob Davy coming back to Notre Dame Stadium this year. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Because both those games, they could be really ugly, and they should be really ugly. If only somehow Bob Diaco was involved in this, it would just be like, oh my Holy Trin- like the Holy where, Trinity. Where is Bob Diaco right now? Hold on. I, I, do some re- I thought he was I a just, linebackers coach in Nebraska. No, I just read there? it today. He's a defensive coordinator at Louisiana Tech. He's on oh, his way back up. Shit. He's on his way back up. You know who else is at Louisiana Tech? Skip Holtz. Uh, okay. My, uh, no, my, all, my all-time favorite Notre Dame football player, Jeff Burris. Oh, he is? Yeah, oh. He's defensive backs really? coach down, down at LaTeX. 
Yeah, so shout out nice. to you, Jeff Burris, follower of One Foot Down on Twitter at One Foot Down. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah, uh, looks good in the gray hair. But <laughs> let's get back. Let's get back to uh, a gray hair program, and that's Michigan. <laughs> you know, I brought up 2007 cringingly, and you know, kind of unwillingly, but I said it, and kind of put it out. I mean, Michigan has a chance this year. Not like they have the toughest schedule. I think everyone project like, so much of the rankings are like projecting what they're going to be at the end of the season rather than how good they really are, which is a complete horseshit. Uh, you know, just let it play out. You know, lay lay out your best teams, and then as they win and lose, you know, move them around. You, I to me that seems simple enough. But instead, everyone tries to project because they act like you know if they put someone in fifth place and that's where they're going to finish at the end of the season, they were fucking right, man. I was dead right. And no one's right. Everyone's fucking way wrong with, you know, most of those polls. But I can see a, I can see a Michigan team this year losing more than a, I mean, I can see them losing a handful of games. I mean, we've already brought up Army, Five. right? Army's one. At Wisconsin's two. At Penn, Penn State. So let me go through the list. Let me go through the list. Okay. I got, a, I got a fun line of stuff going on here. So, <laughs> Let's say you lose your your zero and two, and then you take it uh, after Army Wisconsin. You take it out on Rutgers. You're one and two. Iowa comes in. May maybe you squeak that one out. It's two and two. Life's feeling okay. You go to Illinois. You're three and two. You go to Penn State. Lose that game. Three and three. Notre Dame comes up. Kicks the fucking dog shit out of you in your fucking backyard. You're three and four. Are we three and four now. Four and four in your middle Tennessee. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had them scrolled up. Uh, okay, so we're we're four and four. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Maryland <laughs> is a team that can beat Michigan. Absolutely. Michigan State rival is a team that can beat Michigan. Definitely. Indiana in Bloomington is a team that can and should have fucking done it Three or four times over the last decade, beat Michigan. I can I can tell you exactly how and that game Ohio will go. Ohio State, who has beaten you nine years in a row, at the end of this, you could literally see one, two, three, four, five, six game losing streak for the Wolverines in 2019 to end the season. Bolus. I mean, I would love to see that. Michigan, don't let this podcast distract you from the fact that Michigan is going to go four and eight in 2019. Let's go. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I really would. But I know that Indiana game, Indiana will have the lead going in the fourth quarter and end up losing a, by three touchdowns. Have a 28 point lead and <laughs> lose by fucking eight. Yes, that's exactly how it will happen. So, because. <laughs> Look, Indiana got straight robbed a couple of times. That is the most – I'm telling you, I gear up every year for that Michigan-Indiana game. Like, <laughs> I, I, I honestly got circle that game on my calendar because, number one, I know it's probably going to be a good game one way or the other, right? It's going to be highly entertaining uh, because yeah. the Michigan angst, it's, it's, it, it's like our pit, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. Except pit can fucking beat us. Yeah. Something about that game is just, it's mystifying. And the amount of ways Indiana has found to lose that game is just, 
insane. But I just think everyone's projecting Michigan. I'm with, I mean, I'm with you, Bobby, and I've said it a hundred times over. You can't lose all that talent on defense. Uh, that was your core, right? Except yeah. uh, when you got your asses handed to you uh, by Ohio State. And Florida. You, you, your, your genius defensive coordinator can't figure out how to stop a crossing route for four quarters. You know, I just – you lose all that. They say that they have this offensive line that is, you know, just as great – one of the best in college football. Except for the fact that I saw Notre Dame's defensive line beat the dog shit out of them last year like it was nothing. You know, they, they got a starter down. Uh, he, he may be back for the Notre Dame game. I don't know, but he's got, he's got a knee injury. But I, I don't – I'm not buying the hype. And anytime someone says one of the best in the Big Ten or – I put that tweet out today. Who gives a shit about all conference or or best in your conference? I mean, it, it means nothing to me in the, when you're talking grand scheme, right? I just – Shea Patterson, who didn't prove jack and shit last year, I, I – I have a hard time seeing what supposedly these other people are seeing. And then when I start going down their schedule and knowing that weird things can't happen because it is college football and, and it's in all its glory, man, we could, it, it could be a hell of a losing season for Michigan football, a hell of a losing season. And Harbaugh is still probably keep his job. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, but, and, he would fight for that so he could go, he could win seven games the next year and then jump to the NFL. Yeah. You know, and look, Jim Harbaugh's got a perfect out, right? He, he's not calling the plays this year. Yeah. I mean, that person is so, I don't know. Did you guys read the, or, or aware of like the Luke Fickle? Yeah. I just read about that today. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. That, that shit's insane. And what Fickle said was, was dead on at, he is, that is just representative of what that program thinks they need to do. You know what I mean? Uh, wait, it, what, what it, did he say? Him the least. What did he say? Well, there was a transfer from Michigan go to to Cincinnati, and he was mm-hmm. trying to get uh, el- you know immediate eligibility, you know, which is a crapshoot all right around. And usually in those cases, though, it, you're only going to get it regardless if uh, if the opposing coach or if the coach being left behind kind of gives a blessing in a way, you know what I mean? Like approves of the transfer, like has glowing things Mm -hmm. to say. Apparently Jim did not. And so Luke kind of put it out there that he was not, uh, and I can't remember the kid's name. I I, I apologize for that, but, um, but you know, the, the kid did not get the proper respect from Michigan and Jim Harbaugh to the NCAA. And then Harbaugh went on there saying, I'm just being truthful. This is about the truth. I'm bringing out the truth. I mean, he's, I, 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 don't, know if, I don't know if he's Tom Cruise or Jack Nicholson. He's probably Tom Cruise. It's crazy as shit with Scientology. But, I mean, that, that, that's what it came off as in that, in that interview. Like, what the hell? And Ficklebitch basically said that, like, look, this is, this, this is their program. This is what Michigan does. So and the the kid had a legitimate reason to transfer. Like he was from Cincinnati and like, he had like depression or like anxiety or something. So he wanted to move home. Yeah. that's and it. He, yeah. And, uh, and Harbaugh still said no. So, I mean, just well, cause Jim me. Harbaugh still living in 1955. Yeah. And so depre- depression and, and any kind of mental illness probably to him is probably some weird thing. Uh, you know, some doctor with a piece of paper on the wall is making up. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, drink, drink some milk. <laughs> you know, buy more pants with pleats. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I cannot wait to shit on Michigan legitimately. Um, you know, I, I'll still sit here and I won't be surprised when, when, when they squeak by Army or, you know, when a bad call gives them a win against Wisconsin or, you know, the blowout Rutgers. Iowa kind of sneaking one out. I mean, I, I'm not going to be surprised, you know, if they make it to Notre Dame undefeated. Uh, you know, it, but I, I, I won't be surprised either with two or three losses on, on the record. I, the I, I would be more surprised if they do make it to Notre Dame undefeated because that means they would have gone to Penn State and to Wisconsin and, and got wins. And I, I think they'll probably lose at least one of them. I'm just I, it wouldn't. The way that that program is, I just I I don't think anything really would shock me. Yeah, you know they're not they were not going to make you know Ohio State's beating them at the end of the year regardless. <laughs> That's a close <laughs> deal, and if they don't do it, Michigan State's going to do it. So you know one of them is going to going to ruin their their cause one way or the other. Um, so I don't know. I just anything's up for grabs. There, I did I don't see it. That program they maybe everyone. Maybe the media just wants them to be so good, so damn bad. Uh, but they—they're the same damn team they've been for the last forty years. I mean, their one national title was shared with Nebraska, who would have wiped their ass with Michigan on the field that year. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of the '97 mesh uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we got all that all that out of the way, I'm uh, I'm feeling better about myself, guys. <laughs> I, I, I just I just turned forty one, so I've been I've been having some weird, weird drinking nights by myself. Uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of thoughts. You, you, you would think that you would lose some thoughts the older you get. Apparently, just more creep up in your head. So I'm ready for some college football. I'm ready to just lose myself and in, in, uh, into the season a little bit. Uh, you guys got anything to 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 add tonight? Bobby, um, no, I, I mean, I think we covered much of everything on our grab bag of goodies. So, um, our I'm quest to crash Michigan. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm, I'm just ready for uh, September second. I give a shit about August thirty first. September second is when it's all starts. So, um. hey, before I let you guys go, too, look, Pat, I'll, I'll ask, I'll, I want you to answer this first. I had, um, I, I brought this up several times. It's such a weird start to the season with with the Labor Day game, which feels like it should be, you know, Miami, Florida State, anyways. And then you know so you got Labor Day game, then a bye week, you know, then New Mexico. It's such a like, uh, kind of start to the season. Is is that affecting any of your like excitement, you know, to get the season rolling at all? Uh, probably a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like. Like you said, it's three weeks with two games against two shit teams. Maybe that's why I'm so excited for Georgia, because that's like, all right, Notre Dame football is like here. Um, yeah, so I, I think that definitely it hurts. It's nice to either have a really big game first and foremost, or like the second week if we want to start with a, a bad opponent. So yeah, I think it's affecting me a little bit, but at the same time, I'm so ready for college football. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be excited to watch us put up 50 against Louisville. That's going to be fun. 
Okay. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a good time. We, we should definitely have a picnic for that. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap that. <laughs> That's the show for tonight. Um, well, we will, I will get the... We will get keep getting into it on the onto the site. Bobby, thank you for coming back to One Foot Down. Um, we're gonna put you to work um, <laughs> for sure. Um, but uh, you know, we're all we're 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 in wait and see mode right now for everything. I mean, and everybody is across the country uh, for all the talk that that you get out of camp. It's the same as spring, where there's gonna be players' names that are mentioned constantly. Um, knocking on wood, saying Kyle Hamilton's name. It, it it's just a it's a long wait. And, you know, unfortunately for Notre Dame fans, we, we're going to have to wait even longer to really get some, some meat off that bone. Um, but it is what it is. We're here for you. We got uh, all sorts of wild shit. Uh, I'm telling you, if you have not read the the dynamite story that was on the site today, get to it. Uh, it <laughs> the, cons- the level <laughs> of conspiracy that is going on at the college Band, I mean, it, ah, it, it, it'll drive you crazy. You start, you throw the royal it goes family so in much the, deeper. You throw the royal so family into this. You, you know. throw Palladians into this. <laughs> you get, I mean, you could throw Men in Black into. The, I mean, it, it it could get deep. I mean, and seriously, we, we we could get into some trouble. So read that, get your knowledge, and uh, we'll be back uh, soon enough. Hopefully, we get get Brad finally off of. Uh, uh, finishing up uh, the rest of his schoolwork back on another episode soon Jude I don't know what he's doing he's wandering uh, sir, probably the, the streets of New York right now uh, with a laptop plugging in something into a spreadsheet I imagine um, so from from all of us to, to you go Irish <laughs>